You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 21 Questions. Hello and welcome into this week's edition of 21 Questions presented by you, the fine people of KC Sports Network, asking us those questions, getting those questions in on the KCSN Discord. I'm Tucker Franklin, hanging out with my man, the main man, Big B, Brian Hanley. Big B, how are you doing? This is by popular demand. I we You have been requested on 21 Questions to come on. I am doing well, and it is good to be requested. I'm feeling pretty good about myself today. Feeling good about myself. <laughs> there you go. Uh, if you don't know, Big B and I uh, are on the Outside the Trenches show. Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Central Time, we go live. You can catch us with Nick Leckie every now and again. He's usually there most times. Uh, I like to give him a hard time. But Nick Leckie uh, with us there for the Outside the Trenches show. Um, and again, if you are up late on Wednesday nights, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe you, maybe you tend to be. Uh, we're there. We're live. We're hanging out, talking everything in the NFL. We talk Chiefs, but we also talk everything else in the NFL. It'll be a little bit easier to talk everything in the NFL this week, Big B, with uh, the Chiefs on the bye week. Yeah, yeah. It's um, NFL right now. There's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of craziness. I just saw the the, the Bills are absolute mess. I think they just yep. fired their offensive coordinator. Like I think that happened like three minutes ago. Uh, it is just absolutely insane what is going on right now um, across the league. Defenses are up, offenses are down. Um, but yes, that game with Josh Allen and the Broncos mm. was uh, was quite something. Um, oh my goodness, there's just so many things that we can get into, but we'll save it for the outside of the trenches show that we can talk about uh, that game on because I don't know if necessarily. Ken Dorsey was the problem there? But anyhow, uh, in the last 12 months, Sean McDermott has let go of his defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator. So things not going well in uh, Buffalo. But if you don't know how the show works, we take questions from the KCSN Discord. If you don't know what Discord is, it's like a big, basically, internet chat room. Big old group chat with, uh, let me see how many people are in the KCSN Discord now. It's It has grown quite a bit uh, since we had first started it. Oh, about two and a half, three years ago. Just about 500 people in the KCSN Discord. We got them in there. If you subscribe to the KCSN Substack, kcsn.substack.com, you get access to that KCSN Discord where you go to the 21 Questions channel inside of here, and then you can ask us questions. Ask us whatever you want. We've got some football questions, some not-so-serious football questions, and some just not related to football questions at all. So a little bit of everything here, uh, Big B, but we're going to start off with this. Uh, this is from uh, Chief in Golden, Colorado. After the Dolphins' success in stopping Kelsey moving forward, will the Chiefs' opponents pick up on that and start giving Kelsey the Bangio treatment? Hmm. I mean, first off, it's 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 not that easy to to duplicate those types of things because if right. it was just that easy, everybody would have just done this a long time ago to stop Travis Kelsey. So. Maybe I think it some, had something to do with what the Chiefs were doing more than what the Dolphins were actually doing. Uh, I'd take that approach. However, having said that, the NFL is a copycat league. It absolutely is. So whatever Vangio worked up, it worked. And yes, I think teams are absolutely going to take. Now, do they have the personnel? Who knows? Yep. But I think teams are going to absolutely take what the Dolphins did, and take bits and pieces of that and incorporate that into their defense to shut down Travis Kelsey. I think they will absolutely try. Will it be successful? I don't know, but they will absolutely try to do that. That's a good point. I think a lot of things, too, with the defense being such a a, a copycat league, uh, just the NFL, sorry, and defenses being such a copycat league, uh, it's, it's one of those things where they try – Teams try these different things. Like the Vangio defense has been all the rage because it stopped Mahomes for a little bit, right? Like that's kind of what it, what happened. Uh, but then you bring up a good point, maybe of personnel. Like personnel is yeah is huge in terms of uh, in in terms of getting like the guys in the right spot. You can run a really successful three four defense, but if you don't have two just absolute freaks of nature at outside linebacker, it's not going to go very well for you. Yeah. 
And there's a lot of defenses that are built and predicated around having dudes, having some real guys out there. Uh, that that's just like the like the Atlanta Falcons can't do the same thing. Uh, no. If the Chiefs were to play the Falcons, they wouldn't be able to do the same thing. Uh, it, it, there's stuff like that I think is really important context-wise. You can scheme it up as good as you want. You still need to execute it on the field. Um, and I do think that while there is like a decent recipe, I don't even want to say recipe, right? Like the the Dolphins did a pretty good job holding Travis Kelsey to, to 14 yards. Three catches, 14 yards is what his line was. Andy Reid also gets to counter scheme that, right? So like Correct. you get that, and then Andy Reid then just had a whole bye week to be like, okay, how can I then scheme Travis Kelsey or really anyone else open when I know that these defenses are going to see that and they're going to try to copy that? I think that you know you can have something last for a little bit, and I think we see this in the league a lot on the offense side of the ball. The Wildcat offense may be uh, the one that comes to my head is that it worked. It was pretty effective when it first came out, but then once coaches have the chance to scout it and like look at it for a while that's when um that's when it gets a little bit uh less effective yes you know uh defensive coaches get paid and offensive coaches get paid so it's one of those things it's copycat league but then there's a counter and then there's a counter and then there's a counter so it just continues to go back and forth um so one of the things i think that the chiefs can actually do uh, now, it's going to require the wide receiver stepping up. A, continue to use Kelsey, at, not necessarily as a decoy, but if you're going to take him away, it is going to open up opportunities for other people. It's just going to do that, and guys just have to step up. Uh, but you also have to be able to to scheme away to get your best player of the football, and it doesn't matter what somebody else is doing. I agree. Let's move on to the uh, next question here. This one's a defensive question. This is from Jesse W. Uh, where does McDuffie rank as a cornerback in the league, and where does he rank overall as a defensive player in the league? Uh, Big B, Sherman McDuffie had a pretty good year this season. Hmm. I mean, I want to say, no, not I want to say, he's in the top 10 as far as cornerbacks. Let's just set that out there. He's definitely in that. And regardless if everybody across the, the country knows about him or not, he's a top 10 corner. Yeah. Um, now, is he top five? I'm not going to go that far just yet. Uh, but he's getting close. He's getting close. The yeah. guy is making plays, man. Um, and it's, it, you know, whether it's interceptions or just covering guys, that's the one thing that people don't understand. They think that it's always about, well, the, spa- the splash play. You got to have interceptions or PBUs. Sometimes it's just about covering a guy where the quarterback won't throw that way. Like right. a, a lot of times it's just that. He's that guy. Not to mention, he's a tackler. You know, a lot of corners are not tacklers in this day and age, and he will. He'll tackle you. So I got him in the top 10 as far as corners, getting close to the top five. Now, as far as defensive players, I don't know. It, it I think that some of that is kind of preference because yeah. it depends on what you prefer in a defensive guy because I am biased. I'm always going to like guys that rush the passer, you know, stop the run. I like those guys that play on the line, even outside line, but I, I just prefer those guys over cornerbacks. I just do because I think you can disrupt the game more by sacking the quarterback, knocking them down, stripping the ball than you can at the quarterback cornerback position. So it, it's tough for me to say where he would be you know, overall, but as a cornerback, he's definitely, I would say seven right now. I would say he's number seven corner in the league and, and trending upwards, by the way, trending upwards. For sure. He's had a pretty impressive uh, first half. And, and Big B, you found something that I think she's a lot of Chiefs corners. Is, it's become an identity of the Spagnolo corner system. They tackle like they, they are. They are tackling corners. Legereus Sneed, Joshua Williams, uh, Jalen Watson, all of those guys, they tackle really well mm-hmm. with Trent McDuffie. I went to just kind of maybe you and I have had the conversation about PFF grades. They're great when they fit your narrative, uh, but when they don't fit your narrative, you're not going to use them. Um, and they're they're the grades are it. It's the best thing that we have right now, right? Right? You know what I'm saying in terms of like mm-hmm. grading players. I'm sure five years, 10 years time, we'll have a better process of this, right? That's just how it happens. 
But right now, we get to use these. Uh, for context, I'm, I just pulled up. I was curious, like, okay, where does, you know, Trent McDuffie rank in terms of grades for corners uh, in the NFL right now? And there's a few guys up here that have, like, only five. Uh, that's five snaps. That's 18 snaps. That's 24. Let me let me change the, the minimum snaps here for a little bit. Let's get a minimum of 100 snaps here because I think that's probably a good gauge. Yeah. Minimum of 100 snaps. Trim McDuffie is tied for ninth with Devin Witherspoon, uh, Kendall Fuller, who, by the way, has been having a great year. Yeah. Uh, uh, wild uh, Super Bowl champion with the Kansas City Chiefs. Still having, still, still doing it, man. I've, I've been really impressed with uh, Kendall Fuller this year. And he's just, and Trim McDuffie's just behind, um, Sauce Gardner, uh, DJ Reed has been having a really good year, but uh, but Paulson Adebo, I think I yeah. butchered that one. Uh, <laughs> Paulson Adebo has been having, uh, according to PFF, the best defensive grade of all cornerbacks. Uh, Jaquan McMillan up there as well. He had a really good game against Buffalo on Monday night. Um, yeah, so I think that like Trent McDuffie is as you top ten. Uh, I, I think he's he's up there in terms of corners, but you, I the the whole, whole defensive as a whole question is is a tough one because you're right. I mean, your boy T.J. Watt, man. I mean, I love to watch him play. <laughs> uh, I love to watch people get after the pass rusher or get after the passer. Um, man, Chase Young had a really good game in San yeah, Francisco. He did. Uh, yeah, he did. They got after the Jaguars. So like, I mean, there's a lot of really dynamic players out there when it comes to you know the trenches but cornerback I do think Trevor McDuffie is is top 10 in the league and I don't know if you remember uh do you remember when the when the Bills put out their video when they drafted Kyir Elam and the Chiefs traded up ahead of the Bills to take Trent McDuffie and you can see there's frustration that yeah. they traded up to pick Trent McDuffie then they picked Kyir Elam who's been like a healthy scratch like five times this year. Correct. <laughs> um, I think about that a lot, especially now with the state that the Bills are in. Uh, that video, they chose to put that video up. That's a wild move. It is. I mean, I, I don't know what teams are thinking when they do that kind of stuff. I just, you, I, I remember it distinctly that the Bills were very frustrated that the Chiefs moved ahead of them to take McDonald. I remember that. Um but you know what? Good for the Chiefs. You know, it, yeah, it's good scouting. They understood. You you read the room. You know, in a lot of draft day boards, it's not always the player. It's understanding who's in front of you and who they are going to take in front of you. That's also reading the room, understanding draft position, and you know all those notes that they put together. There's a lot that goes into the draft, and more than okay, we need a cornerback. We're going to take a cornerback here. Yeah. No, it's a lot more to that because otherwise there would be no reason for the Chiefs to trade up to get them if they didn't have some intel telling them, hey, the Bills are going to take them before you. So, I think what also goes into this, I'm going to look, through, I'm double checking this real quick. Um, I think they traded with the Patriots. Yeah, they did. They traded with the Patriots who were, who were right above them. And so the Patriots must have had known, known an idea that, hey, they're probably going to take a corner. Yes. Let's uh let's let's get this guy out of the division there. So <laughs> good move by Bill Belichick. Uh Bill Belichick's he's always been pretty savvy in the draft when it comes to a lot of things. He hasn't we'll probably talk about this more uh, next week or this week on Outside the Trenches, but like maybe his his appeal has worn off in New England a little bit in terms of his uh his savviness. But uh let's get to this next question here. Sure. Big B from Layton Y forty four. Theoretically would you rather have Marvin Harrison Jr. or Jamal Charles as a rookie as a Chiefs first jump pick in 2024? I mean, I don't think it's a question. I would take Marvin Harrison Jr. I, we all love Jamal Charles uh, and what he did, but as a rookie, Jamal Charles wasn't ready to step in and make that big of a difference as a rookie. Um, the type of difference that Marvin Harrison Jr. can come in. First of all, you got to take a lot of things. I mean, what did Jamal Charles come in? Almost 20 years ago? So, yeah. the, the the training, the the knowledge, everything is different about getting ready for football now than what it was then. 
So Marvin Harrison Jr. is ahead of the game, not to mention his father's a Hall of Famer. You know, so just giving him that kind of knowledge on what to expect, what to do, you know, and how to 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 run routes, what you're going to expect in camp from pros, how to be a pro. He gets all those things, and the need for the Chiefs yeah. is for you to come in right now and play where the need isn't necessarily there at running back for the Chiefs for Jamal Charles to just come in and, okay, come right in and do this. There's not that need there. There is a need at wide receiver. And Marvin Harrison Jr. is really good. Yeah, um, let's just throw that out there, too. <laughs> <laughs> he is really good. Um, I think if you're looking for a game that really showcases a lot of what Marvin Harrison Jr. can do, and I'm always, Big B, a little weary about like watching guys higher up in the draft right with the Chiefs, traditionally picking in the 30s. Right. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs have done that the past few years. So I don't usually try to I don't usually get so uh, smitten with guys that I know are going to be gone before like pick 20. Right. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is that guy. I think this game against Michigan State last week is a good example of just like everything that he can do, Uh, whether it's just like high pointing balls. His ball skills are incredible. His awareness of his body his able to control his body, his run after the catch ability. Everything about him, his route running, is so polished and so crisp. And Marvin Harrison Jr. said that his brother's better than him. I don't know if you've seen that, but um, wild. Uh, but I do think Marvin Harrison Jr. would fix a, would fix some problems for the Chiefs. That's a guy that you gotta respect. I'm not saying you'll have to respect Jamal Charles as a rookie. Um, I'm sure you still had to respect Jamal Charles in 2008 when he was a rookie. Um, but the game is different than it was yeah. in 2008. Um, the Chiefs don't really run the ball all that much. I mean, th- I think it was like 38 to 16 mm-hmm. against the Dolphins. Uh, Patrick Jones had 38 attempts. I think Pacheco might have had 16 runs. So it might have been a little bit more than that. But it was pretty close to, uh, closer to, uh, the, the ratio that you'd want to see for the Chiefs. I think they got to run the ball a little bit more. Um, uh, that's maybe for another conversation. But I do think Marvin Harrison Jr. is one of those, like, uh, I hate using the word can't miss guy, right? Like, I think that, like, I think that's a little overplayed a little bit. Trevor Lawrence was a can't miss guy. Uh, a lot of these guys were can't miss guys that end up missing. Jamarcus Russell, can't miss guy. He missed. Um, but I do think that, like, he is, he's very good. And, it, like, if you want to watch him, like, if, as a Chiefs fan, if you want to watch him, go for it, man. Uh, you're going to have a great time watching him. Just know he's not going to be in Kansas City. He's probably he might be the number one overall pick with the way, with the way that Caleb Williams is playing right now. He might end up being the number one overall pick, and the Bears will probably get both of them because the Bears <laughs> were probably going to have both of those picks. Yeah, there's no chance the Chiefs are going to get them um, unless they pull off some kind of crazy draft day trade. Which it's true, you know, it is what it is. But the one thing about Marvin Harrison and what a lot of people the 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 word the term that gets used a lot now is generational talent. Mm, yeah. And Marvin Harrison is definitely a generational talent. The, the thing that I love about him is a lot of times when your father is a Hall of Fame player, one of the best to ever do it, their kid may play and they might be good, but they're not great. They're, they're not Hall of Fame worthy type. Now, there's a lot still left in his career to, to be said and drawn out, and there's so he hasn't played one snap of NFL football yet. So we don't know how good he's actually going to be. But up to this point, he seems to be the outlier when it comes to that because he is the best, if not the best, he's definitely the best receiver, if yeah. not the best player in college football. There's a big argument that you can make that he's the best player in college football. Well, th- again, that usually doesn't happen. It's usually... Okay, like your dad was, if your dad is at this level, then you're going to be a little bit low, lower level than that just because how often are you going to have two Hall of Famers in your, your, your you know, that your dad is one and then you are one? That, that just right. a, doesn't happen. Or it's the other way around. Your dad's a good player and you exceed what your father did. Well, here's an opportunity where he might end up being just as good, you know? Uh, he may be just as good because it was one thing that I know for an absolute fact, Marvin Harrison Sr. was outstanding. So if he is anywhere close to that, whoever drafts him, you'll want. 
So that much I, I know. I'm with you. Uh, I do think I think he'll be the number one overall pick. I'm saying that on November 14th right now. So a few weeks left in college football. I think he'll be the number one overall pick. Uh, just because I, like I think it. his his talent is man. You you see it translate to Sundays already. Like he just we we talk about this a lot. We go to the East West Shrine Bowl, and and you can tell. One of the guys that I really could see this physically in person with, we see all these guys out there for this college all-star game, but one guy that really just like moved differently was Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers like yeah. moved different. You saw him, you're like, okay, he's fluid. Like he he looks nice. Like he just like looks like an NFL player. He moves. It's effortless for him. That's kind of what it looks like with Marvin Harrison. He, he moves different than a lot of these guys out there. But Big B, we're going to head and take uh, a first break of the night of the day and we will be back with more uh, of your questions coming up here on Twitter questions thanks for listening to kc sports network make sure you download our new app find it on the app store or google play just search kc sports network we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's 21 questions here back with you. I'm rocking the new uh, new KCSM merch that we got here. Uh, the hoodie, rocking the hoodie, got a design on the back. I'm not going to stand up and show it to you. <laughs> you have to trust. You have to take my word for it. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, you can't even see anything I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, do appreciate uh, our, folk, our friends at Sandlot Goods for hooking us up with some of this stuff here. Go. Uh, there's a link in the description. You can you can pre-order some of the uh, some of the merch that we got out there, and all proceeds go to the KCSM Foundation as well. So, um, yeah, go check it out. Really do appreciate you guys helping us out. Really appreciate our folks at Sandlot Goods for uh, for printing this stuff, distributing it, doing all doing all that good stuff on that end, designing it. It all looks great. It's all very comfortable as well but uh big b let's get into the next question here is we're getting into we're getting into the kind of the uh the the non-football questions this is a, this is a football adjacent question okay 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 toasty asks so the chiefs have alternate colored jerseys and or helmets and if so what color slash colors you have to go gold one thousand okay Interesting. you gotta go gold i've seen I mean, as many Chiefs games that I've been to over the years, I've seen a lot of fans with the gold jersey, with the red letters. I think they got to go gold. I, I really do. Gold, I don't know what all of it would look like. That, that might be a little much if you went gold helmet, gold jersey, and gold yeah. pants. That might be a lot. But you know what? If it's alternate, I mean, then go gold jersey, Red helmet, red pants, something like that, or maybe even gold jersey, gold helmet, something. But I think that you gotta go gold. I, I think that would look sharp. Hmm. I think that would be something that Chiefs fans could get behind. I don't know. Sadly, I don't know if they're ever gonna do an alternate. Uh, yeah. Clark Hunt has been pretty adamant on just like keeping the brand of the brand. Which, listen, I get it. 
I do. But uh, somebody asked me the other day that, like, isn't very familiar with football. They said, do you have any throwbacks? And I said, they're wearing them. They are wearing their throwbacks every game. Uh, they have not changed their uniforms even a little bit. But I do think something fun is, like, an alternate helmet, maybe, like, a white shell that they could ro- roll out there with uh, drop the arrowhead, just use, like, the interlocking KC on the white shell, I think would be kind of cool. Uh, I mocked something like of that up one time. I'll have to dig it up uh, out of my uh, Photoshop files, but I've mocked some uh, helmet like that up there. But um, yeah, I, it's hard for me because uh, I I've seen people do like the all blacks. That doesn't really do it for me. No. Um, the yellow, I think you'd look too much like a mustard bottle <laughs> if you do if you go all yellow. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Um, and I think that's what you run into a little bit there. Uh, but but maybe a yellow top with with uh, red pants wouldn't look too bad. Um, but then again, you then start to look like ketchup and mustard. So then you're you're gonna run into you're gonna the color combo. I think it's I think it was Joshua Briscoe that said that they have like two primary colors as like their main colors, and it kind of like doesn't really work um, or something like I don't know the color wheel or anything like that. So um, I probably am off on primary colors, but I don't know. They have such a solid brand right now, and they have such a stubbornness not to do anything with it. I think it would be really cool to see maybe, uh, I don't know. It probably is the white shell for me. Because my favorite, you know, my favorite combo that the Chiefs do is the all whites, is the white on white. I think that's their best one. I know a lot of people like the red on red. I like the white on white because I think it just looks clean. But I really do like the white on white with the red shell. Like that, like the red shell on the helmet is iconic it's classic i don't really think they'll ever change any of that stuff either uh which which is a bummer for a guy who is very into uh sports aesthetics like i am a very big fan of especially in college football it seems like now every week a team is wearing a different helmet um yeah that's how they do it anymore they're wearing a different uniform very big fan of that truthfully i'm sure it helps with recruiting and everything like that but nfl they're I'm starting to do it. You know, you've seen the Bengals do their white tiger uniforms. You've mm-hmm. seen the Seahawks do their throwback uniforms, which they should just make their regular uniforms because yeah, they they're should. incredible. <laughs> uh, bonus question for me here to you, Big B. What do you, what do, how do you feel about the Tennessee Titans wearing the Houston Oilers throwbacks? I mean, I, I thought it was fine. Um, I know JJ Watt came out and he didn't like it. Uh, but the simple fact of the matter is, I mean, I know this is a while back and people don't want to talk about it, but had they just built a new stadium, they never would have left. I don't think they would have been there. And it is that franchise. That's the thing that people don't want to, they, or they're, they might be even confused about, is because they moved. The Oilers belong to the Titans. The mm-hmm. Oilers don't belong to the Texans. And that's the thing. So I didn't mind it. I mean, I understood it. I understood why they did it. I liked it. I liked those old uniforms. I liked that yeah. old with the, uh, the the emblem on the side. I, I like all of that. So that's the thing. I, I It didn't bother me one bit because, like I said, the, the Houston Oilers belong to the Titans, not to the Texans. Right. And the uniforms are super sick too. So I mean, yeah. that, I mean, that, that makes that makes it go that makes it go over a little bit easier too. Absolutely, um, when they look really cool at them. But yeah, I'm glad the NFL got rid of that one shell rule, and they're they're doing throwback helmets. They're doing you got the cream sickles. You got, uh, I think the Lions did it all a blue helmet for the first time in their history. They did, um, and they were with the all grays. The Bears keep doing this, uh, Big V, where they wear their orange helmet with their orange tops, and I think it is ugly. I think they need to wear the orange helmet with the with like the navy top. First of all, you're one thousand percent correct. It is ugly, and if our the Bears should just go all the way ugly, wear orange top, bottom helmet, just the whole thing, just the whole thing, and make it just because it is disgusting. I can't believe they're 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 continuing to do it. Ugh. Like somebody is asking for that. I don't think anybody is asking for that. Um, but whatever. I mean, the the Bears. They, they at some point that franchise. Ooh, ooh, just disgusting. Just almost as disgusting as they're on the field play. And I will say the the worst one though, throwback uniform that I think I've ever seen belongs to my beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. Those bumblebees. Oh my goodness, they they are hideous. 
I'm like, please don't wear those. Please don't wear. There was word. The first game that me and my wife went to was a few years ago. The Chiefs played uh, the Steelers on Monday night, and we went to the game. And there was word that they were going to wear those. I was like, the first home game that I go to see the Steelers, and we're going to wear this. Please don't do this to me. And they didn't. And I was like, thank goodness, because that would have been horrible. Horrible. Because th- those are literally hideous. The worst I've yeah. The Packers have some pretty bad ones. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. And they're kind of the same. They're There's very one similar. Green, one's dark. Yeah, they're, they're, they're hideous. Hideous. Like, what were people thinking back then? They yeah. thought that looked good. Man. People are going to say the same thing right now about the... Thousands. Well, they're going to say the same thing about the Atlanta uniforms, and we're going to say, no, like, we didn't think those looked good. That's so, right. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, no, you were right. Uh, we'll probably spend the most time of any of these questions on the uniform questions, what it seems like. But uh, <laughs> shout out to Positivity Toasty for that one. Uh, let's get this next one from Kay Gumminger. It's the KCSN Holiday Potluck. Who's bringing what? Big B, what are you bringing to the potluck? Mm. Well, if I'm cooking, I'm bringing macaroni and cheese. Uh, just for the simple fact that I've watched my mom, my aunt, my wife make macaroni and cheese for years. I know what goes in it, so I'm bringing that with the seven different cheeses and all the, I mean, it seems like you use a pound of butter yep. in there, more than a pound of butter. You just load that thing up with butter oh. and half and half, mix it all together, and put it, I will bring the mac and cheese, 100%, I will bring that. Well, you sold me with your uh, with your recipe right there. I'm in on it. Uh, I think Christian had had lofted this uh, this question out to us in another place. I can't remember where. It was probably in the Discord somewhere else. Uh, but he said Tucker's got to bring the drinks, right? And I think so. Oh, I think I think that's what I would be in charge of. Okay. Or I I would be the guy that they'd say, you know what, Tucker, just bring the plates. Just just bring the plates. Uh, yeah. That's what they do to me. They just say, oh, Tucker, okay. don't worry about cooking. You know, you can just bring the plates, bring the cups, <laughs> uh, bring the drinks, just so uh, we don't, we don't, none of those messed up. Just bring, bring the those. napkins. Yeah, yeah, napkins. <laughs> I'm in charge of the napkins is what, what it would be. But uh, no, I, I do think drinks is probably the right call. Yeah. Man, you, you got my mouth watering talking about that. Uh, my bad. Geez. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's another question from Arrow. He asked, if you were Veach, what is your plan for left tackle long-term? Draft, veteran signing, or Wanya Morris? Which, good question. Obviously, the Chiefs uh, signing Donovan Smith uh, this offseason, a one-year deal, I think, which is a pretty cheap deal for for Donovan Smith. Don't think that's a long-term question or long-term solve there. Uh, looking at the draft, there are some pretty good tackles in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of looking around like where the Chiefs will be picking uh, maybe around like the early 20s if they wanted to get a trade up for an offensive tackle. Now, I don't know why they would trade up for an offensive tackle. Maybe they get a wide receiver free agent, right? We can run through the scenarios. Graham Barton from Duke is a good guy. Uh, Talisi Furanga from Oregon State. Patrick Paul, Tyler Guyton, uh, Jordan Morgan from Arizona, Kingsley Sumali- Sumariata, and uh, Troy Futanu. Who, I mean, you could nerd early second round there, but if there is a run on tackles, those are some names that you would want to know. Uh, there in that uh, that little range there. Tyler Guyton, the guy from Oklahoma, uh, I think Maddie had him mocked in his uh, mock draft on the KCSN Substack. Uh, so go check that out. In the first round, Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma. Um, but what do you think, Big B? When it, when it comes to the the Chiefs and their kind of conundrum at left tackle, they do draft Wanya Morris last year out of Oklahoma, who was a right tackle, was a so I believe he was a left tackle until Anton Harrison came to Oklahoma. Then he yep. moved to right tackle. Um, so he has position playing both sides. Uh, what do you think the the long term fix is for the Chiefs at tackle? Well, first off, you you drafted him, so at some point you got to see if the guy can play. Yeah. Uh, you bring in Donovan Smith. I don't believe Donovan Smith is going to be a Chief next year, right. uh, which is fine. Uh, so you got to see if the guy can play. But what I would definitely try to invest in an offensive tackle through the draft. Uh, It's always better if you can get a guy through the draft. Number one, it's cheaper than a free agent. That's the first thing. Uh, So you can plug some, uh, you know, some other holes, other places. Uh, But if, if they can get a guy in the draft within the first round, 
Look, I'm a big believer in getting draft picks in the first round. I don't think you have to trade up, you know, super high for a tackle, kind of what you said. I don't, I don't know if that's always the case, but I'm also a guy, you want them, you go get them. Yeah. You don't wait, because if you wait, you're not going to get that guy. That's how it usually happened uh, in the NFL draft. So, But I think draft is the way to go. I, I definitely think it's the way to go, because if you can get – and Chiefs have also had success – in doing that you know i'm not yeah. saying they haven't had success in getting free agents you know but at the same time i think they've had more success in actually drafting offensive linemen and, and developing them for a while so i think that's the way that the chiefs i thought that was the way they were going to go this year yeah so to be honest with you but i think a couple of guys got taken before they were able to go and then they changed their mind moved around i get it uh but i think the draft would be the way for the chiefs to go if I had to theorize, uh, hypothesize on what happened, we did hear that the Chiefs had had uh, tried to move up in the draft, and I think that they saw that there was going to be a run on tackle and like kind of forecasted it a little bit, um, and they tried to, but they just didn't have a suitor. Listen, I know a lot of people get upset like when the Chiefs don't like trade up. Like, hey, what, what are you doing? Why aren't you trading up? Well, you gotta have two. You gotta either gotta have somebody let you come up. Um, like, why aren't you trading Sky Moore right now? Well, somebody's got to want Sky Moore. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, there's got to be two of the two of those things right there. Um, I just ran a quick, just like mock draft simulation here, just to kind of get an idea of like who would be there based off of like today. Right now, I realize we're doing this on November fourteenth. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, Patrick Paul from Houston's there, Tyler Guyton obviously there as well, and Jordan Morgan. Um, all three guys that I think that could come in and play. Uh, left tackle, but as you mentioned, they drafted Wanya Morris for a reason. They didn't draft him just to be a swing tackle, probably. Yeah, um, not that high. No. Uh, so, I do think they're going to give Wanya every shot, but I don't think that th- that means they're not going to draft a tackle eventually in the draft. If they do go uh, wide receiver in the first round, which wouldn't be shocked, the simulation that I just ran right now has Xavier Worthy. Uh, right there for uh for them with Xavier mm. get as well a couple of Xaviers for him Troy Franklin also there I would be a very big fan of Troy Franklin at thirty where am I picking at now I'm picking at thirty one in this simulator no faith mm. in the Chiefs this simulator has <laughs> uh, <laughs> no faith uh Eagles at thirty two so I mean they've got options and I think yeah. that they could probably get it another tackle round two something like that too so mm-hmm. um, all kinds of options there I do think Wanya does get a uh, does get a fair shot at it but uh, Julian K run the MF and ball he says what's the best Thanksgiving side dish dressing easily dressing it's got got now don't get me wrong mac and cheese is really, really high up there. Okay. I mean, it is right there. But if you were just saying, okay, Brian, okay, Tucker, give me three things that you could eat for Thanksgiving, and all you get is three. The first two things you're going to say is turkey and dressing. Every yeah. sin- At least for me. Every single time it's going to be turkey, dressing, and then something else. And you can decide on what that something else is, but I don't think anybody says, "Well, turkey and and maybe something." They everybody, it's turkey and dressing every single time, you know, or it should be. So anybody out there that doesn't say turkey and dressing, get dressing in your top three. <laughs> it is so Thanksgiving for like dressing. Uh, I think it's a Midwest thing to call it stuffing. Uh, it is. So that's what I was always always growing up with, like being called stuffing, right? Uh, and then I became cultured, uh, and and knew the other word for it. But uh, so that is just always one of those like when I see that I know it's Thanksgiving, right? You know, yeah. it's just like you, you're not you're not having stuffing or dressing on a Tuesday in the middle of October, right? Like I was gonna say, it's it's underrated, it's underused, not underrated, it's underused throughout the rest of the year. I do. I can recall sometimes uh, my my parents buying the box of stovetop, sure, and, and making it for like a quick side one night. Um, it's like, oh, we need something to have with uh, these pork chops. I think right. we eat pork chops a lot. Yeah, um, me too. And we would just go get the the pork stuffing, and we would we would we'd make it up real quick. And listen, 
Stovetop holds its own. I'll, yes, I'll it be does. It, it holds it holds its own uh, when it comes to all that stuff. I know that might not be a popular take, but boy, it they yeah. figured something out there. And whatever whoever made that, they figured something out. But I agree with you. Uh, it is that because it's just so Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And like that's the thing. Is it's just so uh, Thanksgiving and. Uh, Big B, we're going to take another break. i got to tell you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. And look, can you believe we're already this deep into the NFL season? That means we got to make every second count. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game day. You can bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. And new customers can just can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchup. Chiefs right now, three-point favorites all over the... Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. You can get in on that action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code KCSN. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five, just 5 bucks on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.Sportsbook.com. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details in state-specific responsible gaming resources, eligibility, and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash football terms. All right, Big B, let's get back into it as uh, Craig is great asks us, if the Chiefs played the Steelers this week, what's the score? Probably 62 to 7 Steelers. Oh. My bad, my bad. I, I apologize. I was. I apologize. I mean, here's the thing. The Steelers' offense, although the last few weeks has started to come around, they, they've been able to run the football, uh, but they can't throw it. Baby hands pick it is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I, I just, hey, we got to start over. Hey, we just got to start over. I, it, it's crazy for me to say I was never on the baby hands pick it bandwagon, and now I have jumped off. I didn't step off. I have jumped off. Um, so we can't move the full. Plus, the Chiefs defense is really, really good. It's going to be tough for the Steelers to score a bunch of points, but it's tough for them now to score points. So, I mean, you know, go against a good defense. Who knows? Now, the one thing about that is the Steelers can shut down what the Chiefs are trying to do. Now, because the Steelers can get after the quarterback. They will flat out get after the quarterback with T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. They'll do it. Um, they, they, they'll get after him. But I do think the Chiefs would win the football game. I just flat out think the Chiefs would win the football game. It's not going to be high scoring, I can assure you, because uh, the Steelers aren't just going to give – they're not going to give up like 40 points. I mean, I think maybe 23-10 might be the score somewhere around there, 23-17, something like that. Uh, it'd be a good game for sure. It's not going to be like when the Chiefs ran out of fireworks a couple of years ago in the playoff game at Arrowhead that my wife forced me to go to. From I mean, we were fine here in Dallas. Everything was fine. I'm like, ah, we don't need to go. Come on, Brian, let's go to the game. I'm like, okay, fine. I go up there, and it was a massacre. Just a massacre. I, I mean, just... The biggest waste of money that I've had in in, in decades. Just literally in decades. <laughs> but you know what? She was happy. So the old saying, happy wife, happy life. It was I was willing to take the bullets that day. It was it was it was brutal, but I, I took it. I don't know what the final score would be. I think you're I think you're pretty pretty bang on with with your prediction. Whatever, just take the under. Uh because oh, these yeah. teams uh have, have great defenses. Uh, I think it'd be a very low-scoring game. Uh, one of those things where a defense is going to have to do it to a score to really yeah. set one of these teams apart. Yep. Um, all right, let's go to B Higgs underscore Prince Felix here. He says, "Power rank the holiday sports combos: Thanksgiving football, Christmas Day basketball, Christmas football, New Year's college football, and Father's Day golf." 
Oh, last is Father's Day golf. I'm not a golfer, so I can I can assure for me. I'm not saying everybody, but for me, it Father's Day golf is last. Um, New Year, it was Thanksgiving football, New Year's football, uh-huh. um, Christmas Day basketball, uh-huh. hanging Christmas Day football. I think Christmas Day football takes a backseat too. I think that would be for there's. I mean, there are some games on, but it almost seems like if Christmas doesn't happen on the weekend. There's not a whole lot of football going on on actual Christmas Day. True. They're trying to do it more, but I yeah, mean, the Chiefs like, play at noon on Christmas is to, like this year, and that's on a Monday. It's on a Monday. I know. I'm like they're forcing it. They're forcing mm-hmm. it, man. <laughs> so it, it's it's odd, but like if it happened on a Wednesday, I don't think there's going to be NFL football on a Wednesday on Christmas. Right. So that's why that's the reason that I say it takes a backseat. Now you start getting to the nitty gritty. Um, first of all, number one for me is Thanksgiving football. I, I, I think that goes without question because it literally starts at what at noon, or depending on where you're at. Where I'm at, it's at eleven, and it goes all day long, even until college football at night, pro football at night. It doesn't stop. So that's number one for me. Second is Christmas Day basketball. While I'm not that big of a fan of the NBA. Uh, I do love basketball, and that's just the thing. You get at my aunt's house. We go over there. It used to be at my house when I was a kid. Watch you sit down, watch basketball. All the men are downstairs yelling at the TV. Everybody else is somewhere else, and, and, and it's literally been that way for 30 years. Even today, all the men are in one place watching, yelling at the TV, and everybody is somewhere else, and so I think it's great. I, I think so in that order. And then the last one was what? What did I miss here? I think I missed one. No, I think you got it. Uh, okay. Oh, wait. New Year's Day college football. Ah, New Year's Day college football. It's, you know what? I'm going to put that ahead of Christmas Day basketball. I'm going to put that ahead of Christmas Day basketball. And I love New Year's Day football. Now, when I was in my 20s, it was tough. It was tough. You trying to get up and watch the game, man? I tell you what, boy, woo! It was rough, <laughs> but we made it. You know, we made it. But, um, but yeah, I love the New Year's Day football. It's not the same anymore because they spread those games out so much now, and you know they put them on certain days. But yeah, I love. I still love it though. I still love it, and football that's, is always going to be king for me. Yeah, that's my num- my number one. Is I love the New Year's Day bowl games. Um. I think that they are, uh, they're so fun to watch. Um, and I can have, me- I have memories of like when Mizzou was playing Oklahoma State, and I can't remember which bowl it was, but they, I think it was the one that Tony Temple might have had a really big day. Maybe, maybe that was in Oklahoma State. I'll have to look that up. But I, I can remember New Year's Day is a big like cleaning day in my family, right? My, my mom is always big on like, all right, let's clean the house on New Year's Day, start the new year with a clean house. Uh, so we would have those games on and we'd be cleaning and I would always get sidetracked by, by the football that was going on, um, <laughs> as, as you would. But I think New Year's New Year's Day college football is number one for me. The Thanksgiving football is number two. Okay. Um, that I have it but with Christmas Day basketball because that feels like Christmas. Christmas Day football doesn't feel like Christmas to me. Absolutely like I, not. Like right. it doesn't. Like I'm with you in terms of just like I can remember watching like there was like a Bulls-Lakers game where Kobe pulled up for like a game-winning shot with like five guys around him or something like that. And I think he might have missed it, but who knows, uh, off the top of my head, that I remember from like Thanksgiving, and they were wearing those just like those monochromatic uh, jerseys. Remember Adidas used to do like the special Christmas Day oh, yeah. for these teams. Like uh, that was one of them. I think this might have been like the sleeve era maybe of, of NBA basketball, or I think it might have been pre-sleeve. But anyway, um, there's just a lot. Like I just have a lot of – memories when it comes about like Christmas with the, with the, with basketball as well. So I've got Christmas fo- Christmas Day NFL and Father's Day golf down there too as well. So <laughs> we're pretty pretty lockstep in, in terms of uh, what we think in terms of uh I like uh, that question with that. Yeah, it's a good one. Um okay. Let's get a couple more here. Um this one is for oh, oh boy Big B we could go we could probably go for a minute on this one. That's from Lee eighty seven. Uh, give me your takes on the Michigan science ceiling scandal, and doesn't everyone try to figure out sca- signs? 
man, you're right. I could go all day. Uh, <laughs> I, I It's cheating. It's cheating. That's the first thing. It's right. cheating. However, I'll, I've said this from the very beginning. You can't tell me about some big elaborate plan or scheme that this was when all you need is a credit card and a cell phone to pull it off. Because that's literally all the guy needed. A cell phone to right. buy some game tickets and a cell phone to send the tickets to somebody to go to. Okay? So it's, we're not talking about something crazy or elaborate here. That's all that was needed to pull this off. Um, that's number one. Number two, I don't care what anybody else says. You're never going to be able to convince me that nobody else is doing that. First of all, when I was in high school, which that could have been a million years ago, it, it, it used to send, like, coaches would go to other games and scout teams. Yeah. That was a thing. So I don't know why sending somebody, first of all, I don't even know why it's illegal, uh, to be honest with you. I, I don't understand why. Hey, if I send somebody to go watch Rutgers versus Michigan State, if I pay for them to go and watch your game and scout them in person to see what your tendencies are or whatever they're doing, why is that illegal? I, I don't understand that rule. So I, I just don't get it to begin with. I think it's stupid. Um, and I think that's where I kind of lie on this, the whole thing, Tucker, is I think the whole rule in general is dumb. Right. Hey, I mean, I went to college. I went to K-State. We had three guys that were live every week. and Or three guys that sent in plays every week. One of those was live, and they changed up every single game. So you didn't know. Mm-hmm. So why can't you do that now? I, I don't understand why people can't do that now. You don't know who's live. You don't know. So you wouldn't be able to figure that out. Two, if the NCAA had any type of couth or brain cells, hey, just let them put the the headsets in where you can call the plays through their helmet and that ends all of this yes. it literally ends immediately and coaches that and i know the coaches that don't want to do that we want to go fast we want to go fast 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 well there's some consequences to going fast sometimes i go so i i don't understand why any coach would vote against having that kind of technology in the football game that's just ignorant in my opinion I think it's interesting when you talk about the this this like scandal. I want to say it in air quotes. It's like a scandal, right? Because like, I think it's been a bit overblown, truthfully. I do. Um, in, in terms of everything, the Big Ten has had two worse scandals in the last six months than this one, um, yeah. in terms of Northwestern and, and Michigan State. So I, I, and we're not talking about those as much as we are talking about about this one. And uh, Big B, I think you hit something that is really a big one for me. I think every team does it. Like I, le- yeah. I legitimately think every team does it. That's why you're not seeing a ton of head coaches come out and say like Jim Harbaugh needs to be reprimanded and banned from. The- That's why you're not seeing a ton of that. You saw Greg Schiano said it, but like Rabilama, like you were never beating Michigan anyway. No. Don't act like stealing stealing your your signs was the reason that they exactly uh, were what reason that they beat you. And the fact that, like, there's also now reports and, and findings of Ohio State sharing signs that they advanced scouted of Michigan with other teams, just call it a wash at this point. Put helmets, put put mics in the helmets, put uh, put the headsets in there, call it a wash, say, hey, smack some fines on all these schools, and just move on. Yes. I, that's, that's what I think you got to do. It's one of those things where I think everyone's doing it, and I think if we're going to flesh this whole thing out, we're gonna find out that a lot of a lot of schools. I'm sure your favorite schools doing it. I'm sure Mizzou's doing it. I'm sure Kansas State's out there doing it. Because if you're not doing it at this point, it's like doing a disservice to your own team if everyone else is doing it. Right? It almost goes back to like the, like the steroids thing, right? You're almost doing yourself a disservice because everyone else was doing steroids. Yeah. Where like if you weren't doing, it, you were gonna get left behind. You you're gonna get left behind. I know it's a it's against the rule. No one was testing for it. Nobody was uh, right. nobody was raising an eyebrow to it until one day, all of a sudden, they decided it was a big deal. Now, now it's become something that I think it's a little bit bigger than it uh, than it needs to be. I don't think Jim Harbaugh should be fired or um, ultimately let go from Michigan because of it, because he's doing something that probably every other head coach is doing. And from the sounds, from from what from what it looks like, what I hear, what it sounds like, is that he didn't really know a whole lot about the elaborate 
to the expansiveness of the sign stealing stuff uh, that it went on, but uh, I don't yeah. I don't know about that because he's the head football coach, and there's not a whole lot That's that true. goes on within your program that you don't know about. You would hope. Hey, there's not a whole lot that happens or you're going to allow to happen or whatever that goes on within it. Now, was he the guy that told the guy to go do it? I 100% guarantee you he was not. There was somebody else that told him to do it. Right. But did Jim Harbaugh know? Yeah, he knew. He he knew what was going on. But the th- the problem is all these other schools, and, and here's the, the, the conflict that I guess I have with the Tucker is, Michigan's just the one that got caught. Right. And technically caught, somebody told on them mm-hmm. what happened. No, they didn't just get caught. Somebody told on them that was upset about the situation. I think it was more likely Michigan State because Michigan State has had bullet after bullet after bullet just getting beat down on them. And they're like, look, go look at them. Go look at them for a while. Let us have a breather here. Go look at Michigan. <laughs> you know, so... I, I think that had a lot to do with it. And all these other coaches and teams are doing the same thing. Michigan just happened to be the one that got caught. I hate Michigan's response. Well, everybody else is doing it. Hey, man, no. No, no, that that can't be your response. It just needs to be, we got caught. The rule is stupid. Say stuff like that. But don't say, oh, well, don't be mad at us. Everybody's doing it. Well, you know what? If you go to a court of law, everybody was speeding. Okay, but we caught you. Yeah. So we're going to deal with your ticket. We'll deal with them. Don't you worry about them. We're going to deal with you. You know, we're going to deal with your crime. And I think that's a horrible defense to try to say, well, everybody's doing it. Like, what are we, 12 years old? Come on. <laughs> it's a wild story, and it keeps uh, changing. It seems like we get new information like every other day. It seems like now with, with what's going on. But uh, moving quickly, there's even like hearings now for for a restraining order against the Big Ten. Michigan's threatening to leave the Big Ten if uh, if this happens. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, we'll, we'll we'll have you covered. But Big B, let's end with this one right here. This is from Isaac Hugh. He asked, "If you weren't covering sports, what would be your dream job?" Hmm. My dream job. I mean, if we're staying in sports. I would love to be coaching high school football. Mm. I, that would be my dream job would be to coach high school football. Um, yeah, I, 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 I grew up that way. My father was a high school football coach. And I'll tell just a, a really, really quick story. Yeah. He used to drive. And, I, and for anybody listening, I'll just explain it if, if in Kansas City terms. He would drive from downtown Kansas City. Let's call it on a Friday at 3.30. Leave downtown, drive to Gardner, wait 30 minutes for me to get home, and drive back to downtown so I could be with him for football games, high school football games. Wow. That's what my father did for me. You know, so for me, it's I love high school football. Me and my wife go to high school football games here in, in Texas, and we don't have any kids, but we'll go to high school football game to eat those soggy hot dogs and watered down nachos just to be a part of the atmosphere so if i wasn't doing this and hey brian what would you do if if money was no object or anything it would 1000 percent be coaching high school football i would love to do that i always uh i've always wanted to be like an equipment manager for like a job for uh for like a football team that was always one of my things like so when I was in college, I was obviously doing like the media department stuff and everything like that. But I was mm-hmm. like, man, if I could do anything else, it would be that guy right there who is uh, messing with the helmets on the side. You know, helmet pops off. You gotta, you gotta fix it real quick. Yeah. I, that would be. I would, I would love that. You gotta pack up all the travel stuff. Yep. You gotta, you know, put the decals on there on the helmets, everything like that. You know, you know me. I've already said I'm a sports aesthetics guy. I like the aesthetics of the game, <laughs> the aesthetics of sports. What better would be the equipment manager type deal? I uh, that's that's one of the things where an NFL equipment manager would be pretty darn sweet for me. Yeah, I got a friend um, uh, that he did it at K State. He was the assistant at oh, K yeah. State. Well, now he's at the University of Louisville, and he does it at Louisville. He's done it for a long time. Um, 
that is a fun job. Mm. The putting out all the uniforms, making sure they all get there. I don't think he gets to decide what they wear, right. but I'm sure he's part of that decision process. Here's here's what we got, you know, and lays out all the different uniforms. You know, especially in college. College, they have all those different uniform combinations. That's a fun job, Tucker. I, I, you know, that might be up there in my top five, too. That's a fun job. It's a big responsibility. Oh, yeah. You know, but responsibility is okay. It's okay to have big responsibility. Uh, but that's a fun job. Those Cardinals, man, have themselves a heck of a year. They're doing all right. We're doing all right. Our schedule has has appeased us to to get to nine and one. So while I love it, uh, it, it, I understand where we are in the pecking order. I, I get it. Uh, like we said, we got our head blown off by Pitt, who's one of the worst Power Five teams in, in college football. So I get it. But you know what? I'm not going to apologize for being nine and one. I'm just, that's just not going to happen. You don't have to. Not gonna happen. That's that's the beauty of it. But all right, baby, I appreciate you hanging out with me. Uh, yeah. Hanging out, talking some a uh, little bit of everything here on Twenty One Questions. Make sure to uh, like and subscribe. Also, uh, you know, subscribe, follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a five star rating and review. Uh, that makes that makes that that helps us a lot. Five star reviews help us a lot. Get it out in front of people. Uh, we do appreciate that. Big B and I will be back on Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, if you're listening to the podcast, the audio after the fact, but Wednesday live at 9 p.m. We'll be back uh, with Outside the Trenches talking about all kinds of stuff going on in the NFL. There's a ton going on, so we got a ton to talk about. Uh, But for uh, Big B, Brian Hanley, I'm Tucker Franklin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of 21 Questions. We'll catch you next time.